This is episode number 24 with left-handed pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers, Brent Suter. Brent is a Harvard University graduate, and he is currently in the, going to be in the rotation this upcoming year for the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, I've known Brent since high school, and he's just an awesome guy, and I, I really think you guys are going to enjoy this episode. We even get into a little bit of uh, Brent's major at Harvard, which is environmental science. Um, we'll talk a little about global warming, something that Brent is really passionate about. And you're just going to kind of see, you know, what it takes to to get to the major leagues when you're a 31st round draft pick. And I couldn't be uh, happier for Brent. And I think you guys are really going to become a big fan of his by the end of this show. So without further ado, here's Brent Suter. <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is The Road to the Show. I am Patrick Jones, and I'm joined today by left-handed pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers, Brent Suter, my former high school teammate. Mm-hmm. How's it been going, man? Life's been good. Yeah, enjoying the heck out of it. Just bought this house last week with my wife, so uh, we just, we're getting it moved in here and enjoying the off-season workouts and everything, so yeah, can't complain at all. House is awesome. You know, you, you know, I just saw it. You just took me on a tour on it. It was It's pretty sweet. You got your own gym in the basement and everything. Um, now that you're in the National League and in the big league specifically, um, you've been swinging it all this off-season? I haven't swung yet. Uh, I'm going to start swinging in January, going up to some batting cages or just doing some tee work and uh, trying to get that swing back. Because, I mean, it's a it's a seek, sneaky thing that can really help you win a ball games. Uh, I know Adam Wainwright is one of those guys who I looked at the last couple of years as a guy who can truly swing it and, like, impact the game and get, him, get the team some wins from that. So uh, there's no no shame in tr- working hard on that, uh, that skill in the offseason. Yeah, no doubt. And then – Back in back in high school, you know, we were in the choir together. Um, do you still do any type of singing in any group or anything, or is it just mainly just on your own? Uh, I'm I'm always singing tunes all the yeah. time, and I'm actually I'm a guitar player, and I write some songs, so I uh, I sing that way. That's how I get kind of my musical fix in nowadays. But I'm not in any group or anything. I actually tried out for an acapella group in in college my senior year, just like give it a whirl, and got. Invited to callbacks, but then I got cut. But I mean, these these kids were out of my league musically; they were unreal. <laughs> Jeez, that's that's impressive. Um, in high school, you were a really good, obviously, baseball player and basketball player. And I kind of want to harp on this a little bit because you know, playing time is 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 tough, especially for high school players. I I watched you play basketball. I remember specifically, and I just I couldn't really figure out why you didn't get to play more. But you never really seemed like you definitely cared because you worked so hard, but you never it didn't seem to like really bother you. Like you were still happy like every single day and you're just like happy to just to be there and just you knew your role and you, you just like just like like being there. Like uh, was was that was that accurate? Like, yeah, I mean, uh, there's always that selfishness part of it where you want to play, you want to be the contributor, kind of be the star of the team. But I knew I was looking around. I was like, these guys, I'm playing behind. D1 guard, Quentin McDowell, another D1 guard, Michael Davenport, uh, D2, now D1 guard, and Tony Rack, and then all these, Troy Tabler, Wright State, like, all these guys were had unreal talent, and so all I wanted to do was be a good teammate to them, and uh, if I could help in any way during the games, I was happy to, but I knew basketball wasn't my calling, or, like, I wasn't destined to play college basketball, so I wasn't worried at all about any of that stuff in terms of college recruiting with basketball, but, uh, you know, I wanted to play a little bit more, but... Honestly, I wasn't 
that great. I, I look. I remember looking back on film. I wasn't strong. I kind of played the game sped up me a little bit. So I don't blame him at all for not playing me too much because uh, I just wasn't that great. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, so, but in, in baseball, did you believe that you had a chance to play professionally? Uh, it was always a dream of mine. I knew being left-handed, um, there was always kind of a shot, and you'd always kind of get some extra looks. Um, I definitely knew I wanted to play in college. That was definitely a goal and that I thought I could achieve. But uh, professional was, man, that didn't start really coming a reality until my sophomore summer of college uh, when I had a good summer in uh, collegiate summer ball. That's when it started hitting me like, wow, this maybe could happen. But before that, it was just a dream, you know? Yeah. Well, Harvard ended up coming in, I think it was like late in the fall, your senior year. And then, so before, if if Harvard didn't come in, like, did you have any other places to go play? Um, I was looking at some D3 schools, uh, some D1, like some Big Ten schools were offering me maybe walk-on spots, like Penn State and Indiana were saying, hey, you can maybe walk on, we'll see what you can do. Um, But then... Harvard came on late and aggressive, and they just pretty much offered me a spot. And I was like, oh, my gosh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, but other than that, it was like some uh, good academic D3 schools, but nothing uh, really serious D1. What was the Harvard experience like, just like maybe just as a student? Because you hear hear everyone saying, well, you know, these guys, they've all, you know, the regular students, they've all had it easy. They've always been, you know, just babied along the whole way because they've always been smart everyone else. Is that a myth? Uh, it's a myth. Okay. Um, I mean, there. I was so impressed at the with the student body of how humble everyone was and like such good people there. I mean, I, there were, you get your you know the classic guy, people who came from lines and lines that aren't maybe don't see reality, maybe are a little bit babied or maybe a little arrogant or whatnot. Like, I, I didn't see much of that at all. Um, I saw what I saw with people who worked incredibly hard and were unbelievably smart. Some, I mean. Obviously, it goes without saying some of the smartest people I've ever been around and met uh, were there. And some of my friends at this day are just incredibly smart, but incredible people, too. So. And then you majored in environmental science. Uh, did you know right off the bat that's what you wanted to do when you got to Harvard? Yeah, I mean, I knew uh, it started in high school. Um, I wanted to kind of – I was starting to learn about some environmental problems that we have going. And uh, so I wanted to do whatever I could to learn about that and try to help. So – uh, I was thinking environmental engineering initially, uh, and then I what is it? At, what would that consist of? Uh, it would. I it mean, would besides a lot of, of hours, like yeah. thirty more classes. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been un- so. I remember looking at the course load. Environmental engineering is where you're kind of you're engineering systems to be more environment, like geothermal systems. You're trying to find more efficient wind turbines. So, like you're doing the actual science kind of stuff. Where as me, I, I wanted to look more into like environmental consulting kind of have the be the idea man or be like the kind of look at the system and try to pick out the low-hanging fruit that you could uh say well this could save you a lot of money and energy if you and environmental waste if you just did this instead of this uh so that's what i kind of the path i would have taken had baseball not worked out hopefully so that's also like so that terms of like trying to save the environment too and so like what what could like people do to like i mean why why is there like so there is global warming, right? You believe that? I believe, yeah, climate change. The, everyone in politics, at least, it seems, or like 90-something percent agree that climate change is real. The The big difference now is, is it human-caused or is it just a natural cycle of the earth? Okay, so, okay, that's my... That, uh, in, in Washington, I'm saying, like, Republicans and Democrats believe that, you know, you know, climate change, or a lot of them believe climate change is real, the stats are there, but is it human-induced or is it natural? 
Is it naturally I guess caused? Ghosts, I, yeah. I tend to think it's human caused. Well, I mean, yeah. and the, since the Industrial Revolution, which is 150 years, t- tiny landscape, tiny timeline of Earth's history, 50% of the Earth's forests have been wiped out. Like you're talking the lungs. You're taking a lung out of the earth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, the forests are our symbiotic partners, and we're just you know. What? How? How would uh, taking out forests like affect like I guess for like the people out there like who don't understand you know global warming and climate change like for them like well you take out some trees like how's that going to affect you know the the climate? Yeah. So trees soak up CO two and produce oxygen. Mm-hmm. And CO two is one of those greenhouse gases where too much of it in the air traps heat. Uh, so like sunlight can enter through, but it has trouble escaping because these CO two particles are getting stacked up and not letting the heat and the uh, leave the the system. So what happens is you get this feedback cycle of more heat, more heat, and uh, I mean a, a planet that is really far fetched, like far down the line of that is Venus, where there is very dense atmosphere. And the, it's incredibly hot on the surface. We're not even close to that, obviously, yet. But the more greenhouse gases you put in the in the air, in the atmosphere, traps that heat down and can create some problems, potentially, with uh, climate, you know, just erratic climate. So the, the main thing with with stopping global warming is, is basically saving, like, um, you know, trees and simple things like that. Cause, well, I think some people think that it's more, like... It's more induced from like like so many cars being built and driven, or is that is that, cost, well, that yeah that contributes to that it. contributes as well yeah, as well. So I mean, should we be, should we be like like riding our bike and walking places if Absolutely. possible? Yeah, yeah, that that helps. Um, believe it or not, eating less meat helps a lot. Putting less demand on the animal uh, agriculture really helps a lot because that industry, it's it it creates a lot of environmental problems. We'll leave it at that. But uh, yeah walking and biking more electric cars are coming on which is great news because even though you do have to charge it using a maybe a fossil fuel majority power at least you're it, it saves a lot of emissions because at least you're when you're driving you're not costing co2 it really saves a lot of emissions um yeah eating less meat um recycling reusing yeah. reduce reuse recycle is the big like three like reduce is the biggest thing you can do reduce our impact reduce our the things we use reuse stuff like if you have an extra box instead of just throwing it away maybe think about recycling it or reusing it um and then recycling is can help so after you get done playing um in 20 years from now are you are do you plan on like really being becoming like really passionate and involved and like in helping the environment or like what do you want to do like after you're done playing uh yeah yeah i definitely want to do something along that like every um, my uncle, I remember my uncle would tell me, yeah, if this works out, you need to have like a platform you want to use or like a, an issue you want to use this for. And that's definitely been mine the whole way is, um, you want to talk about the environment. I'm happy to like, let's try to help this thing. And then, uh, yeah, after, after baseball is done, I definitely want to go into that field. Okay. Awesome, man. Well, Hey, I'll definitely start, you know, maybe I'll go buy it. You got an electric car now, don't you? Uh, is that- it's it's good gas mileage. I I traded. I had a hybrid and it kind of broke down. Okay. So I, I definitely want to get another hybrid and then hopefully if that Tesla S or I forget what the new one yeah. is that comes out that's more affordable. Yeah, that comes out. Yeah, I want to do that and I want to put some solar panels here, plant some more trees. Like, yeah, we bought a house that, but we want to make it more efficient. You know, what I mean? uh, awesome, awesome, love it. Um, when you were at Harvard, like, what was the competition like playing in the Ivy League? Um, not really. I think we might have played Yale like one time, but I mean, I, I really don't, I really don't know a whole lot about you know the teams up there. Um, what was that? What was that competition like? 
Um, it was it was solid. I mean, the front line guys, like the front starters, and then the like three, four, two, three, four hole hitters were comparable to other teams in the nation. I'd say um, maybe not. I wouldn't say better, but at least on similar footing. Uh, it was just the depth wasn't great on Ivy League teams. And I can't really talk because I, I think my career ERA in the Ivy League was like a five, <laughs> four or five. I I really had trouble with the aluminum bats or something. Um, but, yeah, this, uh, the depth wasn't quite there. You know, you get to the lower end guys, and we could see when we played those out-of-conference games early in the season, we could definitely see the depth uh, being a factor. I mean, you ended up playing in the Cape Cod League, so you definitely saw some really good competition. Mm-hmm. You did well there. Um, ended up getting drafted right the following year. You had a good senior year. I mean, it wasn't – I know, like you said, uh, I read, you know, your junior year you struggled. Um, junior – yeah, that was – junior year was a definitely a turning point for me mentally okay. because I kept – the whole time I was saying, like, oh, you know, let's let's try to do this. You know, let's – I'm trying, I'm trying, but instead – I realized that strategy doesn't work. You know, you have to be an absolute, like the aggressor. You have to be believe every pitch. You can't just will or like hope every pitch. You have to believe in it, trust it, and throw it with all all your heart. As corny as it sounds, it's yeah. true. Uh, so that was a big turning point for me because I got to the Cape. My pitching coach there really helped with my mechanics and my mentality. And towards the end, of, that's some of the best stuff I've ever thrown was towards the end of the Cape. So it was season. an intent. Yeah. Intent. So okay, because I see that a lot online, and I'm not a pitcher, but I see that on social media a lot yeah. these days. It's all about you know. So are every pitch, are you trying to throw it as hard as you can? Um, so you throw. I'm throwing it with as much intent as possible. There are there are times when I reach back a little bit more, like say I'm trying to go fastball up and in to a righty or something. That's one pitch I can really try to let it go because the more I do that, it kind of has that later cut to it, and uh, it just maybe humps on or gets on them a little bit. Uh, faster, so those are some pitches I reach a little bit extra in the tank. But um, every pitch I throw with like as much intent, focus, and belief. You know what I mean? Belief in that pitch as I can. Um, and you know, honestly, every every now and then, like there there are a couple pitches per game that or just a bad focus pitch or a bad intent pitch. You know that it happens, but you try to minimize those. And I think Greg Maddox said like you want a ninety ninety five percent. Um, intent rate or belief rate on your pitches, so something like that. How do you get yourself back back up to being like um, um, back in the right frame of mind after you, you're struggling, right? You're at the big league level now. Um, throughout the, the course of the minor leagues, you were 31st round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone knows that. I mean, it's so hard to make it as is, but I mean, I mean, it's so hard. I don't people just you, people don't understand how hard it is to make it when you're a 31st round pick. How many, did you ever doubt yourself and your abilities in the minor leagues? Um, there was uh, the big moment of doubt came real early uh, in, I think June or the, my second outing of rookie ball um, came in Helena, Montana. I got absolutely hit all over the place. Like it was just a nightmare outing. I think inning in the third, like six runs, my ERA ballooned to like a, 20 or something like that and I was even my pitching coach was like what would you do to get you here like you know what I mean he you could even see the doubt in his face I was like that not that I'll tell you that <laughs> <laughs> not I don't know what that was so uh that was kind of a big moment like wow is is this competition better than I am like do I even belong here uh but then after that you just kind of have to reset reset yourself say hey that happened that wasn't fun and I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure 
I'm on the right side of things uh, or on the successful side. So where can I start? It started. He changed my curveball grip a little bit to get me more leverage on that pitch. That started being a weapon for me that year. Um, just started working on my head movement, like little things that ended up being, we had the end goal in mind of being a better pitcher, but the little things along the way we were working on really helped. And uh, just a mentality thing of saying, hey, you know what, that stinks, but this is a new moment, this is a new day. Whatever I can do today if I'm pitching, every pitch I'm believing in, every pitch I'm throwing with all my heart. If it's an off day or I'm not pitching that day, work as hard as I can to and do the smart adjustments I can to be my, at my best um, however many days from now. Did it help at all because, you know, you've always been a really well-rounded person. Did it help at all that know that, yeah, like you want to make it really bad in baseball, but you're not a one-dimensional guy. Like if baseball didn't work out, you knew you could still be happy doing other things too because a lot of guys, they struggle. You know, it's like if this is it, if this doesn't work, like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, having that degree really helped uh, kind of ease the tension and just make it like uh, baseball has always been fun for me. And I never try to lose sight of that, how how fun it is, especially to be honest, some of the times the funnest days are the days I'm not pitching, just sitting around watching the game with the guys. You know, if I'm in the start rotation, some some of those days are so fun. Um, and I've just had great teammates all over the place. Uh, it's been awesome. But yeah, it's it's. It's a lot of fun, and it, it was nice having that degree to fall back on. But to be honest, I I didn't really think about that that much. You know, I was just thinking about how much I really wanted to make in baseball. You know, what yep. I mean, like it was been a dream. So I was like, why not put everything I have into it and see what can come of it? So for sure. And then you you ended up playing actually winter ball in Venezuela. Yeah, uh, I don't know too many guys. I've, I've talked to a couple guys maybe in the Dominican and in Puerto Rico, but. Uh, was that, I mean, I've, according to the news and that's, I've never been there. Is it, was that like kind of scary a little bit? So, um, it was getting that way when I was there in 2015. Um, all of a sudden the inflation was kicking in hard. The economic problems were starting real bad. And, um, yeah, the safety wasn't, we always had armed guards with us wherever we went and all that. Um, so I, I always felt safe, but I was like, wow, I'm not trying to walk around here by myself if I need an armed escort to and from the field. Yeah. So uh, it was it was starting to get that way. And then the next year I didn't even I, – I was thinking about going back, but then the safety issues and then um, just some other things uh, got in the way. But um, I, I loved it there. I had a blast. My, oh, okay. I mean, David Concepcion was my general manager. Carlos Guillen was the owner of the team. Oh, I, I didn't know some that. Some of these guys that were just legends, you know. And I'm uh, I was playing with – just great dudes all over the place, and uh, had had a blast. It's beautiful country. It's absolutely beautiful. Like we're playing, and then our outfield overlooks like rainforest hills that go for miles until the ocean. Like it was just awesome. I've heard a couple stories of some guys who played down in the DR, and I don't know if you've heard similar things where a lot of it's kind of the the business part is a little sketchy in terms of like guys getting paid under the table. I talked to someone who. Hit a walk, got a walk off hit, and he went back to his locker, and there's a thousand dollars cash in there. <laughs> Have you heard any similar stories? Uh, nothing, no sketchy payments. I haven't heard of uh, everything. All the cash payments I saw or heard of were negotiated in the contract, so okay. it'd be like, and you got incentive. paid on time. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. And it was all it was all like incentive based contract kind of payments. So, like for instance, one of my teammates got so many dollars for every win, and then every time he went to five innings he got a bonus and then every inning after that he got another bonus so he ended up making a lot on his incentives that's pretty cool yeah um you spent six years in the minors is that, is that correct or five 
part or parts uh, of six. Let's see. Part the 2012, 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah, about five. Yeah, four and a half, five, something like that. And at every level, I mean, you, you look at your numbers, you, you put up really good numbers, um, really consistent all the way. But I was talking to Tim Dillard, and he said, you know, just because of the radar gun, I mean, he thought you should have been in the big leagues two years ago from today. But because the radar gun said one thing, and a lot of people weren't giving you kind of the credit that you deserved. Um, did you feel that way at all? Um, that's always been kind of a thing I've had to overcome. Like, I just, I can't throw hard. Or let me put it this way. When I try to throw hard, like when my mechanics are look normal and, like, the pitching coach really likes it and all that, it's smooth, my hips are aligned, I'm, the ball comes out straight as an arrow, and it gets whacked. Yeah, okay? yeah. So the, I've learned that several times, actually, along the way, that the – straighter i'm throwing and harder yeah it might be good on the radar gun but it is not good for the the uh the, the, the stats outcome, yeah. so so i learned that uh the hard way several times so um yeah basically i i've known that i need to rely on that little late cut movement and uh off speed more than uh, relying on the scouts favor with the uh radar gun and i've certainly had to like overcome the doubts because like there, there are some guys who just look at it and say he's He's not good. You know, I mean, yeah. he's not talented, but there's a there's a reason I'm throwing it like that and that way. It's because, it, I mean, it, it misses barrels more than it, the other way does. So, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, definitely had to overcome some doubters and still probably will from here on out. Like, it's just one of those things. It's not in my back pocket. I don't yeah. have 95, 98, like, some of the, like a lot of other guys do, it seems, not like a lot of other guys. I remember – Ryan Braun talking all the time about how he cannot believe how much harder guys are throwing every year. When oh, he yeah. first came to the league, like, I think the league average was 89 with a fastball, and now it's like 93, <laughs> something like that. So it's nuts. You also work really fast, too. I think you work the fastest out of any – I was reading at least 50 innings pitched, I think. Huh? Um, you work the fastest out of anyone who has at least 50 innings pitched. Um Remember, I remember just watching a highlight of you and Aaron Judge mm-hmm. going out. <laughs> do some guys get mad when you work really? I'm sure they do. You just don't yeah. care. You're just like, I'm going. I, I tell people all the time, my goal is not to pitch or quick pitch guys and yeah. kind of cheat and get. That's not my goal at all. I want, I want to pitch quick. You know what I mean? I want to keep the pace going, keep my defenders on their toes. It helps me kind of find that rhythm a little bit better. There are times I, it gets, it's kind of my biggest friend and my worst enemy at times sometimes the game speeds up i'll give up a couple hits in a row before i know it i'm out of the game so that's something i definitely need to work on but in terms of overall a strategy i want to be the aggressor i want to set the tone and i want to pitch quick what well, doesn't it also like as a hitter i mean you don't get time to really think about what what pitch you just threw okay he went outside slider outside here you know what am i thinking you know now it's, yeah. it's just bam and like you yeah. said with the defense too so true i played with guys who take forever mm. I'm sure you have too, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, like you're not on your toes, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, what was yeah. the? I mean, overall, like your numbers in the big leagues uh, this past year, couple years, are pretty similar to that in the minors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just why do you? I mean, that you usually you don't really see that right away. Why do you think that is? Um, part of it's luck. I mean, uh, and great teammates. I've had. Let's be honest. I've had a lot of runs left out there when I come out of games. Uh, last year, Jan Mourinho was my hero. He left like four or five runners on base for me when I, you know, came out of the game, and he came in and he left them out there. This year, Jared Hughes, I don't know, eight to ten runs on base. He left. I mean, these guys were my heroes. Okay? <laughs> uh, but uh, 
all that aside, like um, whatever uh, the move, that late movement or something, I guess it misses uh, barrels. It was I just didn't change my approach at all. Uh, I got to give myself some credit. I did a decent job of not letting the big leagues kind of over intimidate me or try to do something different. I was just kind of doing the same thing. Their that, game, and that's what they told me the whole time. They were like, "Do what you got here. Don't worry about." all of a sudden trying to throw 93 because it's a big league. Like, do not do that. Just stick to your game plan, do what you do, and um, stay aggressive. That was a big thing, stay, in, stay intentful. And uh, luckily, I've been able to put up, I guess, similar numbers. Yeah. Um, what about the lifestyle changes between minor leagues and major leagues, right? You know, you guys are yeah. flying everywhere now, and then you're, like, you got – you're not eating PB and J probably before every game. I mean, how much better is the lifestyle? The lifestyle, yeah, it's incredibly different. Um, the biggest, probably the biggest change is the travel. Like you said, the plane flights. Like in the minor leagues, you're either in AAA flying commercial flights, probably at waking up at three, four in the morning sometimes. Which um, all all people have to do that at some points. But when you're doing it a couple times a week, it it can get it can get you definitely gassed. Um, so. That's the biggest difference in the big leagues. You literally go right from the stadium, right to the tarmac, right to the plane, just check in. Sometimes they'll check you, sometimes they won't. And you go on a plane with all the food and snacks that you want, all the space that you want. So it's uh, that's that's the biggest, probably the biggest difference for me. Um, but also other differences like the food quality in the big leagues is really, really good. It's also the Brewers did a really good job with our nutrition program. Okay. Giving us good pre- and post-game spreads, and they paid for it. So we actually had great food in the minors coming up because they realized the importance of nutrition several years ago, luckily, and it was just really good food. So the, definitely the food's better in the big leagues, but um, it wasn't that wasn't the huge the biggest jump. So means. they always pay for the food? They they would pay. I think in high A, low A, and double A, they pay for like the post game, and then in double A, triple A or something, they pay pre and post or something like that. You still pay dues, but – one meal every day is, ta- is taken care of by the club, and they have say in what the other meal is nutritionally. So, and then when you're in the big leagues, they they pay for everything. You get to pay uh, clubby anything. Uh, tips, just tips. Um, so they changed it in the CBA last year, where our meal money was stunted or uh, decreased, but all that extra money went to the clubhouse dues. Okay. Uh, road and away, I guess. So, so you're, you're giving out less home. tips now, essentially. Uh, actually, probably more. Oh. Because uh, last year, I mean, I'm, nothing was coming out of my pocket. Like at the end, they weren't expecting anything in terms of like a, a bill. Okay. But they were just, I mean, guys were tipping well because honestly, we kind of felt, I felt a little bit bad that like we weren't paying. You know, I mean, the the meal money was coming in from the club, I guess, but there. I wasn't paying anything, so I I felt kind of more of a responsibility to tip a little bit more, I guess, this year. But, um, yeah, it was uh, – dues are actually better. It's a better situation in the big leagues somehow than the minor leagues, I guess. Yeah. Do a lot of the guys um, after games, like, go out and stuff like that because it's such a long season? I mean, it's so, like – you know, in the minor leagues, I know I've talked to a lot of buddies. You know, I feel like the, is the lifestyle different between the nightlife and the minors and the majors? Um just depends on, on the guy. Similar. You got a group of guys, and then that'll go out sometimes, and everyone else kind of stays in, and that's pretty much how it was in the minor leagues, you know. And there would be times or nights where more people go out, uh, maybe like a birthday, got someone's getting a birthday party thrown or something like that, um, that and that'll attract a little more guys, but not not a lot of guys big into the nightlife. Yeah, well, the long season as well. Um, 
you said you love you love playing for Milwaukee. You know, you love living there. Um, do you have like a favorite favorite like spot you like to go eat at a lot? Um, we love that lake lakefront brewery place. Okay. That's one place my fa- uh, family and I go a lot. Um, I took my wife to the Carnivore uh, downtown, and that place is really good, and she loved it. So we'll probably be back there a bunch more times. And then uh, Harbor House, right on the water. Those are kind of our three go tos, but we want, definitely want to explore more if I'm if I'm up there next year. So didn't it, didn't the, the rules change where players don't get to? I mean, like it used to be like players give out as many tickets as they wanted to. Like don't don't you guys have to like it comes out of your pay or something now? So yeah, it gets added to our income tax. Okay, so uh, don't quit asking Brent Suter for tickets because he has to pay for them. <laughs> <laughs> no, people have been really great. And if I tell them. I, I kind of have to pay for them. They say like, oh, oh well, a lot of people probably don't know. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people don't know. Yeah, a lot of people. So okay. If I just tell them, they're more than happy to. If I need it or if they offer it, I'll. I guess I'll charge them for the tickets. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a weird dynamic. <laughs> Last question: yeah. Will you hit? Actually, no, no. How many home runs will you hit this year? Oh, have you hit one in pro ball yet? No. You got three hits this past year, right? Yeah, uh, I've actually because you could years, hit in high school. I've had some years where I hit pretty well. I had one year where I hit close to three hundred. As uh, I think it was twenty fifteen. So wow, actually wasn't too bad. No home runs though, no juice. Okay. In twenty fourteen, <laughs> I uh, I sublexed my right shoulder trying to be Griffey. Oh, <laughs> it was actually against the Reds Double A affiliate uh, in Pensacola, which I love that place by the way. It's a yeah. great spot. It was swinging. I like fouled one off and the catcher was like nice swing man I was like thanks and so I was like this one I'm going yard and then miss it and like totally like pop my shoulder partially out and I just crumble the floor right again. you know what I mean it was like that scary pain sublex yeah. and uh, so now I kind of I have to do rotator cuff exercise with both shoulders to keep it strong but hopefully the juice comes back one day but we're still waiting for it so. awesome man well I really appreciate you uh, you coming on today I mean yeah, I'm so great. happy to see you in the big leagues now. It's you know I like seeing good guys you know have success and 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 have their dreams come true. So it's awesome and make sure to follow Brent this year. I know I will be. And um, again, man, appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. 